And I felt like the Lord wanted me to share with you a testimony, my testimony, and, and not because it's a great uh, word, but it's just, it has glory on it. And I, I really believe God is, he's, he is teaching us how to release glory out of us. It's different from when it's coming down. It's, uh, Jesus talked about the living waters, and Byron's going to speak on that a little bit, but I really felt like I needed to be an example of releasing glory, releasing a river outside of my belly into this room right now. But what, what, what I felt like the Spirit of the Lord was saying is in the songs and in the words that have been coming forth today, even in the earlier service, was this thing of, of many of us have felt disappointed with, with the circumstances in our life and we've been asking, our, asking Lord why did you give me this thing and then you took it away why did you give me this dream and then you set up everything in my life to not, be, not see that dream fulfilled why did you give me all this potential and yet have that potential just become a curse to me and I just wanted to share with you guys that I, 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 have, I have walked through that. I have walked through utter humiliation and utter brokenness to the point where I had nothing. I had all the gifting and all the anointing in the world, but I had absolutely no influence. Zero authority. I would go places and I would try to minister for God and it was like, the Lord just had a, he had a bag over my face. And it was so, frustrated, so frustrating. And the Lord just, it was so, such a struggle for me to understand what the Lord was doing in my life. But here's what the Lord did for me by doing that. He made me, this is going to sound really arrogant, but He made me impenetrable. He made me very strong. He made me to be able to endure almost anything. And here's why. Because now I can get up on a, a platform and I can lead worship and it can be the most glorious time of worship or it can be hell on earth. And either way, I'm totally cool. Either way, I'm completely satisfied on the inside because I have an identity. And my identity is completely solid and it's completely firm in Jesus alone. And that's the place the Lord is trying to get His church to. Come hell or high water, we have this life radiating out of us no matter the circumstance because we have the reality of heaven on the inside of us. We have the reality of glory on the inside of us. And Byron's going to bring a word this morning about, about fathers and grandfathers. But I wanted to say this before he brought this word. The Lord is challenging many of us to learn how to be a son. We need to learn how to be fathered. Does that make sense? You cannot receive from your father until you learn how to be a son until you learn how to be fathered, until you learn how to receive the discipline of the Lord. And so I just, I, I just want to... Let's just take a moment here, just really receive what the Lord is doing in here right now. This is a holy moment. 
This is, there's a glory moment. God is really trying to get His church to hear His voice this morning. Mm, Father, Lord, it's so risky stepping outside of what we know. But Lord, I really believe that's where the life is. The bread of life for your church. God, I just ask that you would saturate us with this goodness, with this word, with this treasure. Just deposit it deep inside of us, God. Lord, you're trying to create an identity in your church to give us the strength for victory, Lord. I know we have a lot of announcements, but I really I want to I want to not do those announcements right now. We're going to do them at the end of the service. There's a, there's a list of announcements, but I really would like to transition to you, Byron, if that's okay. You you ready to do your your thing? Everybody good? I mean, when listening to Andy's testimony, I thought I don't even want to preach in here, man. I'm scared <laughs> in a good way. I really don't. But I wanted Sarah. Sarah's going to help me. She's my prop this morning. Yeah. I want to tell you this story. Happened to me over 30 years ago when I was a young Christian. I went to this new Christians class. And honestly, the reason I went, because Becky was there. (laughs) I wasn't trying to learn anything. I just wanted to be in there because she was in there before we got married. Anyways, but the pastor gave a great... Uh, teaching and gave a great illustration uh, from Galatians 4.19 about, and that's really what I want to talk to you about today about, and he talked about being pregnant with Christ and he gave this illustration which for some reason has stuck in my mind for 33 years now as I keep seeing that picture and I really want you to take a good look today (laughs) at this pregnant girl and what's sticking out of her because there's something real inside of there that's alive and wants out. Okay, it wants out. It doesn't want to stay in there. <laughs> and she don't want it to stay in there. <laughs> and I believe God has brought some discomfort into some people's lives. And the reason He's brought some discomfort is because there's something in you that He wants out. And He's not going to be satisfied for it to stay in you. In fact, I heard after I, my message that there's something called stone babies. I never heard of such a thing, but it's women who have babies that were never delivered and they uh, calcify within them, become like a hard rot. And, and uh, Sherry Star was telling me like a 60-something-year-old woman had this calcified baby inside of her body that was never delivered. And I think that's a picture of the body of Christ many times is that we have this wonderful thing in us that we haven't really been able to deliver and God, I believe we're, we're coming in time, uh, into a time of labor and delivery in the church. And I believe it's in this church, and I believe other churches. And Sarah said, is that enough? <laughs> That's good, isn't it, Sarah? <laughs> well, we got this picture up here. This is the Heaven's Labor and Delivery Room. 
Don't y'all love heaven? Heaven's gotten more near and more real. Amen. Heaven, that's our ultimate home. It's also our home here. And I really love that picture. In fact, when Brian made I thought, oh no, I can never preach a message that would be as good as that picture. That's why the, the picture has defeated, the, has overcome the message. But God has really put something in us. And I believe that He really wants to, to deliver it. Uh, and the reason, one of the reasons I'm going to share this with you is, is Wednesday night I had a, an, uh, this vision from the Lord. And it came from Matthew 17. Matthew 17 is a story in there where the people, where the people asked, I guess it was the Pharisees or whoever, asked Matthew, asked Peter, does your master not pay the temple tax? And Peter just said, yeah, he pays it. And then he went to see Jesus, you know, and walked into the house where Jesus was at. And Jesus immediately, before Matthew had a, or Peter had a chance to say a word, Peter began to talk to him about, about what had just happened to him. And and discuss a little bit, but then Peter, then the Lord told Peter, Peter, go fishing, and the first fish that you catch, there's going to be a corn in its mouth. Take that corn out of that fish's mouth and go pay the tax with it. I saw all that in a vision instantly Wednesday night, and I just thought, well, the Lord wants to help people who are in financial trouble that really need a miracle. Maybe somebody owes some taxes or somebody needs a miracle from God. They don't have what they need financially. And I thought in my mind, I bet there's probably two people here that are like that. So I got up and gave that invitation, and, of course, everybody and his brother came. If you're a preacher, that's your ultimate altar call secret, okay? Finances. Everybody will knock you down getting to the altar, voting for finances. But I begin. I put my hands on the first person to pray for this miracle, and... Instead of think, instead of a prayer for finances, all this other stuff come flooding out of them towards me, and it was their it was their purpose, it was their destiny, it was their calling, it was their talents, it was their anointing, and I kept like pushing it like no, that's not what God's doing. I gotta you know, <laughs> I'm gonna pray about their money, and I just forced myself as best I could. Every once in a while, I'd slip up on somebody, catch myself like oof. I'm not, y'all understand what I'm saying? It really, and I believe the prayer for finances is a great thing, okay? Because I believe God wants to do financial miracles. But I felt God was showing me later. I had this like revelatory moment with the Lord when He said that really wasn't what I was after. It was okay because I want to help people financially, but that was not really what I was after. I was after the treasure that I have put down in these people. Because it's time for the body of Christ, it's time for the people of God that are sitting on treasures, everybody in this room, if you know the Lord, if you have Christ as Savior, if you've met Him and you've been, you have the Spirit of God in you, you have a treasure in you. And God's looking for that treasure. And He's calling forth for the treasure. He's calling forth you know, for the, for the people of God to go into labor, to go into labor and birth the Lord Himself, the birth that that person. I wanted to read that scripture to you, Galatians four nineteen. Uh, my children, with whom I again, I am again in labor until Christ is formed in you. It's easy in our nation right now because there's like the spirit of abortion in our nation. And which kills kills babies, literally, 
but there's also a spirit of abortion behind that. There's there's a lot of things going on behind that spirit. It's not just the I mean, killing the baby itself is but it's about as tragic as it could get uh, because it's it's robbing our nation of its heritage and um, but also spiritually is is affected us. There believers are aborting God's purposes in them all the time. We've aborted God's purposes. I believe the church is almost. We've almost aborted His purposes. I mean, I don't think God's allowed it to happen, but we've almost aborted what God wanted to do, and, and, and we've almost lost generations over, over that. And God wants to break that spirit of abortion over us this morning. Now, you can deliver too soon also. Okay, pregnant women, you, you know, you don't want to deliver prematurely. You need to allow God to bring this thing into you to full term. But the problem is I don't think we're suffering from premature delivery. Okay? I think we're suffering from overdue and, and that spirit of adoration, that thing that wants to miscarriage the purposes of God in your life. It's a spirit. And we've allowed ourselves to... Now, some of us this morning, and hopefully you're not one of those people, but if you are, the Lord has an answer for you immediately. And it's... Uh, have the wrong thing in us, the wrong seed. That James 1.15, it says, When lust has conceived... It gives birth to sin, and when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. Now, if you have that in your heart this morning, the Lord has an answer for you. It's called the blood of Jesus. It'll wash all that out of your life and cleanse you and, and renew you. But I, I believe that many of us have the righteous seed planted in us, and God wants to, as God is calling forth for the labor, labor and delivery of Himself through the people. I wanted to read John seven thirty eight through thirty nine. Um, I love that they have the name of the outreach next week: the outpouring in the park. Okay, you know, because that's really what God wants to do. God, I want to tell you this this morning. I believe this is what the Lord's been showing me. He's not interested in a downpour. He's interested in an outpouring. A downpour is when God just does something sovereignly. He just pours down on people. Okay? Now, God does that, but God, when God does that, He's always doing it for a purpose. Now, when I grew up, back in the olden days, we had a, we had a, uh, a well at our house. And that well was 300 yards away from our house. Okay? But back in those days, those wells had to be manually primed. In other words, you had to take water and pour it into that pump. The pump had to be made. You had to pour water into that pump to get it to start pumping water to be able to draw the water out from, from the well. And every once in a while, that's why I know it was 300 yards, every once in a while, at the worst time available, like at night, in the cold, or when you wanted to be doing something else, that pump would lose its prime for some reason. And off you go with the flashlight... <laughs> a bucket of water, a, a milk empty gallon thing of water to pour in that pump to get it primed again. And the Lord releases the Holy Spirit into the earth. Okay? He releases the Holy Spirit in the earth, but He... That's what He told me. I didn't release the river here for you just to come here to get the river. I released that river in you to prime you, to call forth for those rivers that are inside of you. Okay? That God is saying, I'm calling for it right now. I'm not interested in just 
And God's going to always release that river. I mean, because that is a real river. I mean, Revelations 22, 1. The river comes from the throne of God and it's of the Lamb. It is released. There's a river that runs through the earth. It's real. It's a living river. It's a live river. Okay? But there's also just John 7 verse here that I think we've got to hear this morning. Because, see, I, I feel God saying, I'm not... I'm, I'm interested in always releasing that river, but I'm more interested right now is from those rivers that are inside of you, that are resident in you. And it's, it says, He who believes in me, as the Scripture said, from his innermost being, innermost being in the Bible is your spirit realm. It's the spirit inside of you. That's where the Holy Spirit lives when you get born again. But he's not interested in just being in your spirit. He's interested in flowing out of your spirit. From your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke of the Spirit. So you see the river of the, the river and the Holy Spirit are the two exact. They are the same. When we talk about the river, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. And in, in every believer, there's rivers inside of you, down in you, deep down inside of you. And God is really calling forth... For those, that's what I was feeling the other night when I was touching these people. I was feeling the literal rivers of God's Spirit, the liberal, the thing, that, the unique revelation of God Himself inside those people. It was powerful. It was like this is a gold mine. We're sitting on a gold mine. It's like we're the most wealthy people. That's what I felt. These people have got so much. I mean, it's incredible what I was feeling off in people. It was like these people have so much in them. It is God Himself wanting out. That's what I felt like. It was like somebody said, deep calling to deep. God was saying, I want out of here. I'm stuffed down in here and I want out. It's time for me to come forth, not just from this flow here, but I want to come out of you. I'm looking for people who will allow me to come out in this hour because this is what we desperately need now. God wants to bring an outpouring into the world. He really does, but He's looking for me and you to be the vessels where the outpouring can flow. Are y'all getting this? You know, we have the atmosphere. You know, we talk about atmosphere shifts. We're waiting on God to shift the atmosphere, and He's waiting on us. He said, I already shift the atmosphere for you. You drew it into your life. You drew it into your life. You drank from it over and over. You've laid in it. You've soaked in it. You've gotten all this revelation in it. It's touched you. It's done things to you. And now I'm looking for you to release it out of you to shift the atmosphere. I'm looking, I'm looking for people who can take that thing in them and release it out. Whatever it is. You know, there's all kinds of expressions of the river. I mean, there's healing. There's joy. There's miracles. There's power. There's peace. There's comfort. It's, I mean, it can be as simple as this. Taking your friend to lunch and loving them. It can be that simple, or it can be profound, or a revelation, you know, you have an open vision. I mean, it doesn't matter. It can be that profound. Let me read Second Peter 1, verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So there's this multiplication, not addition, multiplication of grace being released right now, I believe, okay? to embrace the Father's workings on the inside of us. That's what a lot of people are going through right now. You think it's something bad. I guarantee you a woman in labor thinks it's bad when she starts having those contracts. They know it's good. They know God's going to do something. At that moment you ask them, 
I mean, how many people have been in there with their wives? I mean, you know, you know these good Christian women all of a sudden start cussing you, threatening you, don't touch me. <laughs> you see the door, don't let it hit you in the rear on the way. Get out, leave me alone. <laughs> they went from being so nice to being mean. Well, Becky didn't cuss, but she probably wanted to. <laughs> she did threaten me a couple times, I'll tell you that now. Leave me alone. <laughs> Of course, she's done that when she wasn't giving birth. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you, the worst she's ever threatened me, though, is when I really came down too hard on her children. <laughs> I mean, it was just, I'm just, this is a sideline. It just blew my mind. I mean, the kids did something awful, and I went and just let them have it for doing something. I thought, they deserve this. They deserve full measure. Next thing I know, I'm getting the full measure. <laughs> They're sitting there like, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> Don't mess with that. The inward work of the Father manifests in the outward birth of His Son through us. The inward work of this, this, this grace that God's doing right now. God's looking for an outward manifestation of Himself through us. And I'm going to tell you what God's looking for right now. God is looking, the Father is looking for sons and daughters to have the image of His Son. He is looking for sons and daughters right now. That's what the Father is yearning for. This is what Paul said in Colossians 1.29. For this purpose also I labor, labor, striving according to His power, which mightily works within me. There's a power of God that's at work inside of us right now. Okay? Trying to give birth to something. Trying to give birth, trying to release something in His people right now. And God is working overtime to do this. It is, really is the resurrection power of Christ in us, trying to release Him out of us. That's what God, I'm trying, what I'm telling you right this, that is what God is currently doing right now. That's what God is going after right now. He's not going after some big downpour. He's going after an outpour. He's going after to break up that thing inside of you and loose His Son in and through you. And like one person said, what we have a tendency to do is when a baby's not born perfect or we think it's not going to be perfect, we abort it. Oh, thank, you know, thank God that John and, and Sue Crowley, they're not here this morning, they wouldn't mind me saying this. Thank God they didn't abort their child Josh when they found out he had this Down syndrome thing that he's got. Wouldn't that have been a tragedy if they would have done that? But many people abort that thing, and that's the way we are. We look inside of us and see that what's in us doesn't look so great. It doesn't feel perfect. And so we abort the very life of God that's in there wanting out because it doesn't measure up. It doesn't meet some standard. It's just not, and it's just all messed up. Are y'all getting this? And I think God is saying, don't abort my purposes. Don't miscarriage what I'm doing. I want out. I want to be released. Let me determine what it looks like. Don't worry about it if it doesn't look as good as you would like for it. A lot of babies come out ugly, actually. I'm serious. You think about babies. They come out all Their head looks like an egg on a spaceship, and, you know, they're flat on one side, and they, you know, just don't look. Now, no, that's a beautiful baby. Ha, ha. You know, did you see how that ugliest baby I've ever seen in my life? You know? That baby grows up to be a beautiful person. They ain't so ugly no more. You know, and it's because God created them. They grow up to be beautiful. God's looking for beautiful children right now. But I had this experience I wanted to tell you about. It's Philippians 
experience. Actually, you can find this experience in a lot of places in the Bible. Uh, uh, the uh, Apostle John had it himself. But this is what Paul said. I love, Paul said, 4-1, My beloved brethren whom I long to see, my joy and crown. Okay, and Paul talked about people. That's what he was talking about. You, you're my joy, you're my crown. He said that in other places, that you're my reward. The people of God, the people that he brought, helped bring into the kingdom, the people that he raised up. Uh, Gospel John, or, or I think it's either 2nd or 3rd John, the old man said, I just am so blessed when I see my children walking in the Lord, walking in peace, walking in joy, walking in Christ. In other words, that was the thing when you study these men, these true fathers, the, main, the most important thing, the thing that brought them the joy that pleased their life is when they saw their spiritual children and they saw their children expressing life out of them. And I found out that's when I said that I had that Philippians 401 experience, I find out that, you know, Paul says in Ephesians, find out what pleases the Lord. I found out something that pleases God. Something, this is something that pleases God. We were at, we were at this uh, church, and uh, our worship team was going to lead the worship. And they said, the pastor said, it's been rough here lately. That's what he said. So, you just don't seem like God's doing anything so I said Andy Andy was leading where I said if, if it's bad it's not your fault <laughs> so I told him right up front if it's bad it's not your fault so they start leading worship the worship team it was Andy it was David Helton it was Amy Moore it was Addison Moore it was Philip Wicker and it was who? Jake Stevens. And who? And Brian Kelson. And they were leading the worship. And all of a sudden, what I just am saying to you, I saw happen before my eyes. I saw the room fill up with the presence of God coming out of their mouths. It was like the atmosphere went from just a flat room atmosphere to it was full of God's prayer. I said something to the guy, and he said, oh, this is something real good. <laughs> I said, I thought you didn't have anything going here. He said, no, there's something going here right now. And I'm going to tell you something. If I can use this word, and it's normally a negative word, I was so proud of them for what I saw, not because they up there, they sound, not because they sounded good or playing good. I was proud of them because I saw, I heard God, I felt God coming out of them. And I began to think about each one of them. I started thinking in my mind about each one of them personally. Went through you know, different things, I'd, interaction I had in, had in my life with them. And I thought, man, this is just, I understand what Paul was trying to say. I understand this really is the ultimate thing that we can do. It's when we see our spiritual children rise up and the thing that we hope for them, not that... Not that that counts anything for you, but it counts for God. It counts that God used you in some way in your life to affect somebody else. And somehow or another, in the grace of God, they became something else. And they have something of their own in them. Okay? 
they have something of them on, and they were releasing the presence of the Lord. I was so blessed. Because you know what? You know, you think of a lot of things you don't do right in your life. Okay? And it's really not a matter of right or wrong. But I thought, that's something. At least I did that one thing right. One thing. Is I have been able to have some effect on people's lives. And now they are affecting lives. Now that's, that's really what God is looking for. When I say God's looking for spiritual sons and daughters, He's looking for fathers. Andy said you've got to learn how to be a son or you've got to learn how to be a daughter. You know, maybe that's where you're at this morning. Maybe God's saying, listen, you never learn how to be a son. You never learn how to receive something. And you really have to be able to learn how to receive something from the Father to be able to have, really to be able to have anything to give, ultimately. You, let, you really have to be a, a true son to be a true father, I really believe. But I'm going to tell you, there was one other thing in there that really blessed me even more. As I was going down the list of each one of them and thinking of all these wonderful experiences that I had with them, I came to one guy and I looked at him and thought, he's not my son. And I looked at Andy and said, that's Andy's son. He was a grandchild. See, God really is interested in the generations. He's, he's interested in, in not only raising up sons and daughters, but He's interested in raising up grandchildren. How many grandparents are in the room? You know what I'm talking about. You love those. You want more grandchildren you can, than they're probably going to let you have. You know, I'm, I mean, I'm pushing for grandkids. I'm telling them, I want grandkids more. Let's go. No, Dad, <laughs> that ain't your decision. <laughs> it's not my decision, but I'll tell you something. The Father is not only looking for sons and daughters. He's, oh, he wants to raise up sons and daughters that can raise up other sons and daughters. And they may never look to you for a second. In fact, you don't want them to. You want them looking to their dads and their moms. You just want to be, able to be around them and bless them. And actually, that's really in the Bible because for years I didn't. Are y'all hearing my heart this morning? For years I didn't believe there was a such thing as spiritual grandchildren because I didn't really find it in the Bible. And I guess that was that uh, son that had the orphan spirit working on him, really, that, that was a big lie that I was believing about myself, even that I wasn't even a son. But here it is right here. Paul says this, 2 Timothy 2 2. The things which you have heard from me. He's telling Timothy, his son, this. The things you've heard from me, Timothy, my son, in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men who will also be able to teach others. That's great-grandchildren. Paul's talking about right there. He's talking about Timothy, my son, teach it to other people. That'd be your sons. And those, te- those, those uh, sons, my grandsons, will be able to teach it to my grandsons and daughters. And I believe what God really is calling forth right now. I, I believe what Andy said really is the Lord about us learning how to be sons and daughters. Because there's something greater than a son and daughter. God's looking for some fathers and mothers. Because He wants some grandparents, great-grandparents. He's really, that's really the heart of God. That really, I'm telling you this morning, that was one of the most blessed moments. It only lasts for a second. I was in... For a moment in my life, I felt like what Paul said when he said, Find out what pleases the Lord. I realized this pleases the heart of the Father. 
when I sat there and heard God come out of them. I felt like in my life at that moment, I felt like a success. And I don't feel like a success most of the time. I feel like I'm just hanging on for the, you know, for the ride. That's the way I feel. I'm hanging on for the best I can, God. But for one moment in my life, I felt like I understood true success. And it was seeing other people raised up and then seeing those people raise up other people and see those people releasing the Lord. In January 2001, God spoke to me. And he began to tell me something. This is what he told me. I wrote all this down. He said that he was looking for a place where he, the Father, could live. A place where he, the Father, could live. That his presence would always be there and be felt there. And that it would be a place where there could be a sustained move of God that could happen. Sustained. Not just God moved and he stopped and four years down the road maybe he'll move again. But a sustained move. And he said, this, this place will have special times like holidays or birthdays in the natural. There'll be special meals, special meetings. There'll be revival times in this place. And he said, this is a place where the family will be prepared for their life's calling. He said, this is a place where the family can go in and, co- and go out, and new family will also come in. It's for the generations. There'll be spiritual grandchildren there. It's generations. He said, "You will achieve this place by being in, not you will achieve this place by being interdependent. You must not be independent no more. You must stop being independent. You must become interdependent. This must be a place where you help your brethren to enter in. Not ju- it's just not an individual vision. It's a corporate or family vision. And I asked the Lord at that moment in time, that's a great vision, Lord. That's 2001. I, I call it." God's house. That's a great vision, Lord. Who's going to do that? <laughs> Literally. Tell me where this is at so I can go to it when it happens. 2007, the Lord spoke to me again about this vision. He called it the Father's house. This is the word He gave me this time. The Father's house. And the Father is looking for children and grandchildren more than He is anything else. I'm going to tell you that right now. He is, that is the most important. Just like in the natural, Father wants children. God is calling forth the fathers and mothers right now. And He's calling you to be a... If you've not been able to come into sonship, He's saying you've got... It's time to come into sonship. It's time to be a son. It's time to be a daughter. It's time. It's, we can't just keep going this way. It's time for us to line up with what He's saying. It's time for that person of Christ to come forth in us. It's just time. It's time. If, you're a fa- if you've been a, a Christian and you're a father, you've, it's time for you to be one. Because He's wanting some grandchildren too and great-grandchildren. God really wants this. This is on God's heart. It's alive in Him. That's when he, Paul was talking about, I want to see Christ formed in you. I want Christ birthed through you. And that's what God's looking for. I'm telling you that now. Y'all are awful quiet. Do you want to share that? Are y'all okay? <laughs> Good. 
I just wanted to quickly share a dream. I actually had this dream years ago, but it has... Um, I realize now it's probably a visitation more than a dream, but in this dream, a friend of mine, uh, Lori Larson, a lot of y'all know her, but we were watching a wedding unfold, and it was in an auditorium, and um, as the wedding party came out with the bride, and I could see the groom standing up there, the whole wedding party was clothed in crimson color wedding clothes. And um, the bride, when she took her place before the groom, she began to sing a song. This song came up out of her, her being, and when she began singing it, Lori and I fell under the power. It was incredible. It just knocked us down. And, um, and, and the, the scene changed. I mean, that was just, it was such a visitation. It was amazing. But the scene changed, and there was a group of us sitting on the seaside pondering what had just happened. We were kind of like, you know, you look over the sea and you're just pondering things. And we were asking the question. We were going like this, what was that song? I mean, it, was, it had just overwhelmed us all. And we were just saying, what was that song? What was that song? And someone said the song was Echo. And in the, in Second Corinthians 4, 7, it says this, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. And that word have says this, we echo this treasure in earthen vessels, meaning the Christ in us was echoing out of the bride. And that, that echo that is in us is powerful. We don't realize how powerful what the Christ in us is to the world around us. It absolutely is the power of God that is at work that will change the atmosphere wherever we go. And the Lord is, and I'll tell you, the thing that stops us is this thing, an identity thief. You know, on the Internet, there's identity theft and all that stuff, but there's a real thief that is out to steal the Christ that is in us and all that he's placed within us. And two weeks ago when Melissa Helser was here, I went up to get prayed for, not even by her, but she was standing behind the person that was praying for me. And Melissa got a hold of me with something that just tore me up. And this is what she was praying that mother thing that's in you, she was like, it was like a roto-rooter thing. She went in me and loosened something to get that thing out of me because she was crying out. The generation, the generation under you is desperate for the mother, the song you have to sing, nobody else can sing it. And I just want to say that to you. you. You guys that are getting older, you don't realize what the generation coming under is desperate. And the generation under us is, the generation for, under you is desperate for you. And I just want to say that. Let that echo. It's the song of the bride. It's the echo of Christ. And it's the power of God at work within us. So, who's